It's described as an essential aspect of everyone's health. Mental stability helps us all cope with stress and affects our decision-making ability and skills to build healthy relationships and community interactions. What the UN describes as a state of mental well-being is crucial for our socio-economic development and in our communities too. Despite an increasing acknowledgement of the critical role that mental health plays in our lives, sufferers of mental health conditions are often stigmatized and discriminated against. The World Health Organization's Mental Health Report reveals that around one in every eight people have a mental disorder. 85% of people with mental disorders in low and middle income countries receive no treatment at all. For more than 25 years, Devora Castell has been one of the loudest voices in the field, implementing and advising governments on policies related to mental health systems. She leads mental health and substance abuse efforts at the World Health Organization. So, what are the consequences of inadequate mental health policies and what improvements are possible? Devora Castell talks to Al Jazeera. Devora Castell, welcome to Al Jazeera. We seem to hear so much more these days about mental health, particularly uh, since the pandemic. Does that mean that more people are dealing with mental health issues or that we're just better now at talking about it? The answer to your question is uh, both, perhaps. The, the number of people suffering from some mental health conditions went up as an immediate consequence of the pandemic, and then we are still um, seeing uh, that increase. Uh, but on the other hand, perhaps because it became more common, uh, many more people are, have been talking about that and therefore we hear more about mental health. So, both. In last year's World Mental Health Report, the World Health Organization uh, talked about the issue of stigma uh, that surrounds mental health. How, how pervasive is stigma, uh, stigma rather, and, and what needs to be done about it? The, uh, thank you for quoting the report we launched uh, indeed last year. The, what we know about stigma is that people with mental health conditions are still seen as those that um, might end up being discriminated. There is a lot of prejudice. There is a lot of uh, thinking that if you cannot get out of bed because of uh, depression. The first reaction is that you may be lazy, that you may uh, not have enough uh, willpower or energy to move on. So it's not considered as a condition that is affecting you in the same way that it could be any other physical condition. And this is valid for any mental health uh, disorder or, or condition. It, traditionally, we have sent people away to, to, to recover, uh, to actually to, to spend years in uh, institutions locked away from uh, the community, from the society, and all that has contributed then to stigmatize the people with mental health conditions, like uh, something that you can't see that is dangerous, that is uh, unexpected uh, reactions uh, to be produced, etc. So, what can be done in order to, to, to overcome that? Well, uh, recently there has been, um, last year actually, the Lancet Commission uh, did a study on stigma and discrimination re related to mental health. And uh, the most um, 
important action is the social contact. So uh, bring people to the community where they belong to and you uh, work with them in that community and that uh, fights a number of misconceptions and makes a general public understand that uh, anyone can have a mental health condition and uh, and is just one more of us among us. If you think that mental health conditions are uh, affecting the, the, the population massively, one in eight, around one billion people affected by mental health disorders, that means that is any 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 one of us. Uh, we all know someone. We all have had uh, a moment or, or or a more serious issue. So. That is what, by bringing people together to the community, is what we are promoting, that, uh, that people are not isolated and that then we can overcome uh, that stigma. We, we talked Allow about... me to say something else. Yes, yeah, please sorry. No, I mean, the people with uh, severe mental health conditions then die earlier than people without those conditions, simply because their physical health conditions might be ignored uh, because of the same stigma in many cases. You see only the mental health and you ignore the physical component and vice versa then. We, we talked, Devorah, about the, the pandemic. Many people will perhaps have experienced uh, mental health issues for the very first time during uh, the pandemic. The World Health Organization described its impact on people and mental health services as devastating. Uh, before the pandemic, uh, countries were spending, what, less than 2% of their national health budget on mental health, and we're already already struggling to meet demand. Um, are things any get, getting any better now? This is a, a, a difficult question to answer right now because my answer would be I don't know. We are going next year with a collection, a survey that we do uh, every two three years to countries to measure to get information in many issues uh, related to mental health. Among those are the percentage that can be spent on mental health from the health budget. Uh, we, we don't know that. What we know is that during the first year and beyond a uh, bit uh, of the pandemic, the mental health, mental neurological and substance use related services were uh, reduced as a consequence of the pandemic. Many countries uh, empty uh, mental health services uh, from mental health people or patients with mental health issues and uh, dedicated those uh, facilities to uh, isolate people with COVID, which could have been understandable, of course, at the time. But then those services were not given back necessarily to uh, the mental health uh, uh, practice that they host uh, before. So some countries might have increased the the, uh, the, the, the budget. I'm not sure will be... Um, let, let me let me ask you this 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 may be equally difficult to to answer but is any country in the world at the moment getting it right in terms of mental health uh, services and funding well you know that this is also as you said difficult to answer because of the the variety among countries but some high income countries are allocating around 10 12 14% of the governmental health budget to mental health many middle income countries could be around the 5%, for example, but we don't have a standard uh, indication here because a country could allocate 10% and still uh, do bad with the services they offer to the population. But definitely requires some increase. You can't answer to an increased need with the services that you set up back in the day when, when none of this was known and mm. none, none, none of these issues were, were uh, 
uh, conceived as, as a problem that will affect everyone. You, you, you talked earlier about the pandemic, or since the pandemic, more people have been experiencing mental health issues, and we're getting better about talking about it. But I wonder, I wonder if, if you can speculate upon why so many people all, of, all, all over the world, no, no matter what their socioeconomic circumstances, are experiencing issues with their, their mental health. Is there something about the way that we live now that, that's driving this, or are people suffering as they always have, but at least now they're getting the help for it so, so that we know about them, they're not suffering in silence? Well, you know that during the pandemic, there were also some consequences uh, of, uh, in order to, to reframe the, 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 the situation that uh, we were living in isolation, we, many people lost their job, the, the education at home. So a number of, of uh, the, 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 the women taking care of children and in the meantime, having maybe uh, maintaining their job uh, distance and a number of factors that contributed to increase uh, that uh, those uh, conditions, right? So that was uh, during the pandemic, uh, during the period of pandemic. But then we have known from before that uh, um, socioeconomic challenges uh, have as a consequence an, an increase in mental health conditions. We have evidence from, uh, from many emergency context humanitarian situations where we see an increase in the number of people with mental health conditions and the pandemic was just a massive uh, humanitarian situation, right? And so the consequences are still there because still people lost their jobs, still the economic situation is difficult, many inflation, inflation in many countries, et cetera, et cetera. And that generates anxiety, depression, and a number of other conditions or could generate. Now, uh, it is also true that we speak more about and then issues that before had no name now can be named. Okay. Now we can understand that what is happening is related to uh, a known mental health condition such as depression or anxiety that are the most common ones. So once again, both issues. Devorah, so su uh, suicide rates among men remain alarmingly high. I mean, depending on, on, on the source of the statistics, it's around 75 to 80 percent uh, of all deaths by suicide are, are, are among men. Why is that? Does it mean that men are suffering more with their mental health than women? Uh, and, and if not, what, why the, the disparity in, in suicide figures? Well, one of the explanations is that men, uh, the suicide attempts, are, uh, the numbers are high, higher among women. And the reason, then the explanation is that men use more drastic methods when trying to end their lives. So they do it at the first attempt in many cases. So that will, that will show the difference. What can be done then? Uh, about this, do, do men need better role models and, and advocates for, uh, for for mental health? Is it a, a societal problem? Is it something that governments and health agencies need to, need to be attempting to fix? Well, I, I would say that uh, for for suicide prevention, the the, the best uh, control uh, is is controlling the means, making sure that uh, there is enough uh, uh, understanding by the health professionals of of uh, what could be a person going through and what needs to be done in order to prevent that to, to uh, move on and end up in a suicide or suicide attempt. There is a role for journalism that needs to be play a better uh, 
uh, role in, in, in offering uh, messages and, and uh, communication around suicide. Those would be some of the issues that are specifically related to suicide prevention. But then, of course, men need to be uh, probably in some cultures more than in others addressed in order to make sure that they speak up about the challenges they are facing again particularly in situations like the 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 one we are having now when the economic uh, pressure might be very high the man traditionally holds responsibility in many cultures and that needs to be then uh, understood and then provided an environment where the man can talk about the challenges and and what needs to be done in order to prevent getting to the extreme of i can't do it anymore and i need to end this you talked about uh, people experiencing uh, social isolation uh, during the pandemic and, and, and loneliness, but even before the pandemic, in, in, uh, 60% of Americans said that they'd experienced loneliness. What, what, what does loneliness and, and, uh, and social isolation have? What impact does it have on, on mental health? And, and what should we be doing to try and fix that? We have known for many years that, for example, loneliness and suicide in isolated uh, rural areas was one known uh, factor. Um, what, uh, that's related to a question you, you asked before I didn't answer, and it, it is, a life is, our lifestyle is changing, and then more attention should be paid, particularly to younger generations, on how we communicate, how we uh, avoid uh, the isolation that sometimes ca can be promoted because of these modalities that we have nowadays of communicating through uh, the, the, the media, right? And then avoiding the, the, the direct contact. That's part of the education that uh, needs to be perhaps offered, provided in schools uh, uh, for younger generations on, on how to take care of our own well-being and uh, you, you think that needs to be done through education then and, and not via legislation on the on the social media companies well maybe the social media should play a role as well in 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 in, in um, promoting uh, exchanging in alerting about the need to uh, avoid that isolation but i think it is an education that we all need to be aware of and that needs to be done in the in, in in family context in in schools in places where the younger generation spend still most of their time and and then social media could accompany also those efforts as well yeah Mental health services in the developed world are improving. Um, many people, regardless of their socio-economic circumstances, do at least have access to, to decent mental health uh, support. What about people, though, in the developing world? Uh, how do people who live in, in abject poverty, uh, where access even to basic health care is uh, limited, how do they deal with, uh, with mental health issues? Well, there are many uh, strategies that uh, need to be put in place, and we have been uh, advocating some of them. Um, the most uh, known one is uh, what is called task uh, sharing or task uh, shifting, right? To, to enable um, health personnel from uh, the primary care level to understand to learn what needs to be done in order to detect and to manage and treat people with mental health conditions in a way reinforcing and re-educating 
many uh, health workers on uh, mental neurological and substance use issues because the traditional training of medicine does not necessarily cover uh, that field uh, perhaps properly in many uh, low and middle income countries. So that's one, so that we make sure that pre the primary care, uh, the, the first access uh, level of access to care has already knowledge and, and uh, capacity to manage those uh, people, the, the challenges that people with mental health conditions present. But then there are a number of issues that, and, and tools, practical ones, that are including using social media or, or the IT uh, and digital technology that are self-help. Self there are very useful uh, tools that could uh, help you learning uh, basic uh, um, exercise that can help you manage uh, stress or, or some other um, related uh, issues that uh, anyone could encounter in at any time. There are also tools to uh, train uh, lay people, right? People from the community without any specialized uh, health uh, training to uh, use uh, some form of listening and advising people with some common uh, conditions and etc. I can't list them all, but the strategy is we don't need to wait for the highly trained, specialized professional to deal with every single problem. We need to go down to the community at every level and, and the health sector and beyond every level, school, social, uh, prison, uh, um, labor market, etc., to enable uh, those who are there uh, to do proper interventions to know what needs to be done, when to be done, and then to refer to the most, uh, um, to the higher level of in the category, to those, to those few people that have done all the training that is needed to take care of the more serious and complex uh, cases. That will be the strategy to, to deal with a phenomenon that is uh, broader than what we want to, to accept in the first time. Deborah, to what extent does, um... Substance abuse go hand in hand, hand in hand with poor mental health. Well, it, it, to a big extent uh, or to a large extent, uh, the, the, there is a lot of comorbidity uh, between mental health and substance use. And we talked earlier about stigma on mental health. Well, on substance use, I think it is even worse uh, for both alcohol and drugs and, and other addictions. It's hardly seen as a health problem, as a health issue. It's mostly uh, blaming uh, the people who uh, abuse uh, or use in excess those, uh, those uh, substances. And so um, also there, there are a number of interventions that could be done at the primary care level with brief interventions and uh, trying to uh, intervene as soon as possible. Then there are policies that need to be in place the case of alcohol is more clear policies in terms of availability, limiting availability, etc. And other policies were, uh, that are proven to be effective to, to uh, contain also the, the challenge. Deborah, is the, the decriminalization of cannabis in uh, some parts of the world, in many parts of the world, a, a, a positive or, or a negative step, do you think, in terms of, of mental health? Well, as we, uh, in, as in many other areas, um, it's hard to come up with an answer that is uh, one or the other, right? What we are uh, issuing now, uh, hopefully very soon, uh, an updated uh, um, report on the health and social impact of 
cannabis uh, uh, consumption. And uh, uh, what we are learning from some countries is that it depends on what uh, form of uh, public health measures the country has put in place in order to ensure that the health of uh, people are protected, um, whether the, the, the cannabis access is, is, is legal or not, and how that health is protected with particularly emphasis on youth, because the impact on a, a, an adolescence is going to be different than the impact that uh, cannabis consumption could have in an adult. So public health measures is what is needed to accompany these decisions. That brings me to my next question. There's, there's, there's evidence that young people appear to be shunning alcohol and tobacco in greater numbers, which is, which is good, but their appetite for so-called recreational drugs and nicotine delivery systems, I'm talking about you know, vaping rather than, than smoking, hasn't diminished. How concerned are you about that in terms of, of their use of recreational drugs? To what extent are they, are they storing up mental health problems for the, for the future? We are talking about young people that need to know and need to learn how to cope with uh, stress, how to cope with uh, uh, the challenges at school or in any environment, and, and how to cope with the emotions in general, uh, rather than going and, uh, and, and looking for um, any other substance that is external to that, that emotion that may be seen as a solution or as an alternative to, to, to the challenge itself. OK, let's, let's talk about the, the opioid epidemic in the US for a moment and elsewhere. Um, how concerned are you about that? What, what can be done, what needs to be done to stop people dying in the numbers that they are right now? What we believe is that the risk uh, that this expands to other countries, the situation with opioids or other uh, synthetic drugs uh, is being monitored, is being seen, and the, the, there are policies uh, to combat that uh, epidemic that are being uh, uh, introduced. Australia has become the first country in the world to legalise the use of psychedelics to treat some forms of depression. Reports suggest that they're extremely effective at helping long-term sufferers of depression and, and post-traumatic stress. Um, do you think that's, that's, that's a good move? Is, is regulating psychedelics, uh, specifically psilocybin and MDMA, the way forward here? Are you personally excited by their potential uses uh, in uh, mental health? There are a few other countries that are working in that uh, same area. We have been in touch with colleagues now and then about that. We are looking forward with interest, of course, if there are more studies coming up that proving that uh, the treatment is effective and in uh, the conditions that are needed, we will follow up definitely with interest and, and, and hopefully, why not, uh, any option that serves the purpose of alleviating the sufferings of people with mental health conditions is welcome. There are a few countries working on that right now. I could quote some countries here in Switzerland, the US, and, and, and others probably in Europe as well. So looking forward to learn more about that, yeah? Getting back to, to what we talked about right back at the, the beginning of the interview, when, when we, we touched upon the fact that more people than ever uh, these days are experiencing mental health issues because of the way in which we live today. Are you, are you confident that we can we can nip this, this growing problem in the bud here? Or is, is this going to be a, a problem that's, that, that unfortunately is set to grow, that more and more of us will experience mental health issues? I think that we have always experienced mental health conditions and we will always continue to experience them. Hopefully, 
the the length of the sufferance could be shortened. Hopefully, uh, people can uh, would not need to suffer in silence. Hopefully, people will receive the treatment that they need, no matter where they live. And that's what should change, right? The access to to services that you mentioned before, and and the new treatments options that could come and would be easier to to manage. As a mental health advocate, you, I mean, you've been doing this a, a, a long time. Are you are you more positive now than, than than you have been in the past about the way things are looking? I am. I am. It's still a long way to go. Huh? For the time being, I hear uh, more uh, talking. And you asked me earlier about the budget, and I couldn't answer. Hopefully, next year when we will have the results of the budget, you will call me again, and I will be able to tell you how much we increased uh, uh, with the budget allocated to mental health globally. Right now, we don't know that part how much we are doing better, but definitely the talking should lead is leading us somewhere. Uh, into more awareness, into more uh, understanding, into looking for more options and solutions. So I am optimistic, definitely. Deborah Gestel, thank you for talking to Al Jazeera. Thank you for this opportunity.